Merry Christmas Eve. We've got a free pick we'll talk about here. It's the afternoon game. I will also have this open to the public at Patreon. Score projects is at Patreon, so if you want the write-up side of it. That way, if you're short on time, you could quick pull it up and not listen to this. It's up to you. Just trying to save you time on a holiday. All right, so Dallas and Philadelphia. What are we doing? All right, I'll cut to the chase on this, too. It's going to be a same-game parlay. I'll explain why, but if you don't have time... I'll do another thing to save you time. Same game parlay. We're going to split it up two ways. Dallas to simply win the game and over 37.5 points total for the game. Half your bet. The other half, Dallas and under 57.5 for, again, the other half of the bet. So what you're doing here is we're looking, what we're looking for is a middle. So you had a 20-point range there. Technically, yeah. So you want 38 and up, but 57 and under. So, anything, if Dallas wins, of course, then the risk is if it's 58 or higher, 37 or lower, then it's essentially a wash because these bets are even money. So, it is a wash if Dallas wins. So, now what we've done here is we've taken a money line play that's Dallas minus 200 to 225, depending on where you're buying it. So, over you know, two to one or, or more for Dallas to win the game. We've bought all that risk out of there with this same game parlay. Win the game. But now you got to be 38 points and less than less than 58, and we get that money line win. Otherwise, it's get your money back. Now, there is another simple play. You could take Dallas minus four. That's the kiss bet. Just keep it simple, stupid, and uh, hope for the best. When I say hope for the best, because obviously there's a large amount of games that are decided by a field goal. That's the number one margin of victory in the NFL is a field goal. And when the line is minus four, that's a pretty darn high chance. Obviously, if the, if the margin on the, on the game is 14, you're, you're reducing the chance of it being finished by three quite a bit. So the games that are in this zero to six-point range have a really high chance of finishing at three. In this case, Dallas minus four would be a field goal touchdown swap. So Dallas gets a touchdown, gives up a field goal sometime in the game, and they end up by four, then you get a push. Four and a half in this case is no good. So if you're getting the four and a half, so that's moving up there now and bouncing around, then I'd just stay off of that bet. If you don't like same-game parlays, don't, then you'd have to stay off because I certainly wouldn't recommend that you pay the 200-plus, 200, you know, two-to-one or better on a, on a victory because that's just, will you win? Well, I sure hope so because we're betting on it. If you do that often enough, meaning paying 200 on a game, your bankroll will eventually shrink. Do you have a good chance of winning the game? Yeah, you do. But again, do that 100 times and you're probably losing money. So we've bought that out of there. But anyway, that's the simple bet. All right, now, why the same game parlay again? Because you're adding the total risk. And what is the reasoning behind Dallas to win? And what is the reasoning behind this total to finish between those two numbers. Well, again, typically splitting up same game parlay is not your best option. You're, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You take a chance, do the over or do the under. And uh, hey, if once you get to 38 points, if it's in the third quarter, now you're on easy street if Dallas is winning that game, right? That's certainly logical. But this time the, the bookmakers have a little quandary themselves they're not sure if this total is right they started at 50 and a half and it's been bought down to 30 or 47 and a half so the market thinks it's going under you've got some weather issues so that's a check for the under 
Hertz is out for Philadelphia. That's a check for the under. But you know what? Dallas's defense has got a lot of injuries, too. They're going to be playing musical chairs in the secondary. It appears, I don't know this for sure, but it appears like, well, first of all, they publicly mentioned they're going to have the second, well, there's really three cornerback slots because of the slot position, but the traditional outside uh, cornerbacks, Calvin Joseph has been filling in, and uh, he's failed. Well, he failed miserably in the last game, and, of course, they gave up that big comeback to Jacksonville. So they put that spot up for for auction for starters. But I think what they're really probably doing is putting Bland over to the outside, and it, it seems like they're going to be moving a forklift driver into the slot. And I said that facetiously, I do not believe he's ever driven a forklift, although if he has, good for him. But he's, busy. he's a pickup off waiver wires or practice squad. They've picked up three or four cornerbacks to try to, you know, throw a throw some stuff at the wall and see what might stick with all the injuries they've had because they had another. Their, slot, their original slot guy went out with the list Frank injury uh, a couple months ago, and they filled him in with Bland. But anyway, we don't want to go into too much into the woods here. Dallas' secondary is weak. Minshew filling in for Hurts. He's got a good passing arm. I think you could make the argument that he's just just shy of Hertz in the passing capabilities. In the one game he's played for Hertz, he's done extremely well. In his former starting history, he has not had the receiving talent that Hertz and the Philadelphia Eagles have. So he's thrown into some amazing catching talent here. So he could very well have a good game especially, again, considering Dallas' secondary is not what you want. You've got an all-pro. Trayvon Diggs is voted into the all-pro, and he's not quite the liability he was last year. He's certainly an interception machine last year, but he was giving a lot of chances, taking a lot of chances, which gave up big plays. Not quite so much this year. Now it's not all the interceptions, but it's more of a shutdown side of things. So, But one man can't do the whole thing. I don't know that he's, he's, he's certainly, not, certainly not Deion Sanders' level where he can shut down half the field. They're some of the better guys in the league today. He's not quite that level where, you know, Jalen Ramsey kind of thing where you're shutting people down. So uh, there is potential for, for the Eagles to score some points. I do expect Dallas' defense to step it up. I think that, you know, um, Dan Quinn has been given Messiah status there with what he's done with the defense and a lot of it for good reason. There's talent there, but he's done a lot with that talent. But there's been some cracks now, and he's been taken off the, the exalted list here recently, giving up 30 points ha- after halfway through the mid-period of the uh, last game against Jacksonville. Was it 30? Uh, Jacksonville had 10 points, ended up with 40. So, and that was halfway or so through the third period. So that's not good. All right. So bottom line, though. The defenses, believe it or not, are fairly similar. Philly actually has a one-point advantage through all the games played so far, and we're almost done with the season. Philadelphia has given up 268 and Dallas 269. That's pretty darn even. And that would be an example of Dallas really rolling the beginning of the season and the cracks showing now. And Philadelphia has always had some cracks showing. They've never been a perfect defense. And so Dallas's offense is in pretty good shape they've had some offensive line issues but they seem to have patched that together everybody else is really they're coming back the Dak injury he's back Gallup receiver back 
they're adding T.Y. Hilton now. So their offense is going to be able to exploit the defense. So that would be, you know, something that's leaning to the overside. And, of course, as I mentioned, the Philadelphia offense, without Hurts, should be able to do something to Dallas. But when the push comes to shove, I think the Dallas defense does. That's the wild card, I think. You look at Dan Quinn and company to really put a game plan together that will work here. Obviously, they don't have a lot of film on Minshew. It's all on Hurts, but that's obviously an advantage to not have Hurts. There's no question that Minshew is a step down from Hurts. That's not should never be in anybody's argument. I just think passing-wise, it'd be pretty close, but there's no running abilities that he's that Dallas is worried about compared to Hurts anyway. I'm not saying he's immobile, but there's not a lot of comparisons to Hurts there, so that helps Dallas's defense. So in the end, again, this is a Dallas edge on the game, and the middle there is too large with the variables. With I think the defense is being able to step up a little bit more so Dallas, and the offense is having the ability to put something together because of whether it's Dallas's offensive unit having the edge over Philadelphia's defense, which is a fact, and then um, the opposite being an issue with Dallas's injuries and the backup quarterback. I think we're going to fit that middle pretty well. All right, that is it. Best of luck and uh, Merry Christmas.